1: The Buck Off Podcast with Lane Grant. Hosted by Christopher Rennie and joined by Jordan Williams. Welcome in, Buckeye Nation. This is your host, Christopher Rennie, bringing you another episode of the Buckeye Podcast with Land Grant Holy Land. It is officially Penn State week, and not to make slight of any of our past opponents, but it is finally time uh, that we get to play against an opponent that is more of the caliber that we wanted to see Ohio State get tested against. I think we're all kind of in the boat that we've seen Ohio State improve. Now we want to see what they can do against everybody else. And I am here, as always, with Jordan Williams to discuss this week's game, as well as some other of the biggest stories leading up to it and outside of it. So how are you doing today, Jordan? How's your week been? How was your experience during that Indiana game?
0: Um, I'm, I'm good. I can't complain. My week has been very, very hectic, very busy. Uh, Indiana was great. I mean, no complaints. What can, what can I say? Um, Ohio State played perfect and they looked great. And I was a little bit worried about the Indiana game just because, you know, I, like I said before, and I keep saying, Indiana has the ability to scare some teams, and so, and I just figured they would get up for Ohio State because everyone else does, but they didn't, so.
1: Yeah, I was honestly really not surprised that Ohio State blew him out, but I was surprised at how much they controlled the football game because, you know, last year's game, Ohio State was dominating once again, and they ended up making it interesting because they started making some plays. They started getting that. But the difference is now I think we're seeing Ohio State's defense with that. They've struggled on first drives this year, which is something we could talk about a little bit. It's weird because they'll always give up a score on the first drive, and then after that they're the best defense I think I've seen in the country. So like it's been kind of a wild roller coaster for them. But when you look at how dominant they were against probably, I I don't want to say they're more talented than Maryland or Rutgers because of their record, but I think they're more talented than Maryland and Rutgers. I think their schedule, you know, their schedule as good as any of us writing your columns is one of the toughest in the country. So uh, at the end of the day, Uh, We played a really good football team, and we smoked them. So I feel like you couldn't be happier about that performance. It was the best performance they've had since we fell short against Oregon.
0: Uh, Yeah, And, and that's the thing. It's like Indiana, you can say they're having a down year, but unlike the other teams, like you said, you can't say they're a bad team. You have to say all of their losses have come to teams that were ranked in the top 10 when they played them. Two of them are... Two of them realistically and technically, at least three of them have a shot at the playoffs because Cincinnati, Ohio State, and the winner of this Michigan-Michigan State game. Because who did they? Who did they lose? They, they lost yeah. to Michigan State, uh, and they lost to Penn okay. State too. They haven't played. Well, Penn State's not realistic, but Penn State was in the top ten, and then they lost to Michigan State, right? so michigan state if they win this michigan game that's three people that they're playing who have a legitimate shot with three games four games left in the season to make the playoffs yeah,
1: you can't you can't get mad at indiana i mean you'd want them to be a little bit better if you're ohio state just for like ranking purposes and quality of opponent because you know all the box score readers and all the people around the country are going to look at that Indiana game and be like oh that's just Indiana they always suck you know it's just a crazy good year for them last year but I, I do think uh, they provided a different set of challenges than Maryland and Rutgers so uh, they, I, I think the last three games really prepared Ohio State well for what's coming up this week so it's kind of fun because uh, this is going to be a real game. And we were talking before the show. Unfortunately, Penn State had to go and do what they do every year when Ohio State needs them to be really good. And they fell short not once, but two times.
0: You hate to see it. Yeah, it's one of, the, it's one of those you really things you do.
1: hate to see it, but you kind of also love to see it because like, you just hate Penn State.
0: I mean it's here's the thing for me it's not surprising. First of all, I had I didn't have them losing to Illinois. I had Penn State 9 and 3, which is very possible because I do still think they're good enough to beat Michigan or some of the other teams on their schedule. Um granted this would be their third loss, so 8 and 4 is is what I predicted and then one surprise loss to Illinois. So like that like but, like, I've been trying to tell everyone all year that they sucked. Like, I, like, I watched the games. Just look yeah. at your eyes. They're yeah, not sure. good. Uh, and, one, and one thing that's, like, interesting for me is, like, when it comes to Ohio State, uh, everyone wants to, like, qualify things, right? It's like their offense looks good, but what defense has they play? Or their defense looks better, but they're playing records. Like, it's always a but with it. But for other teams, they don't do that. Like, I think Georgia's defense is legit but no one's saying Georgia's defense is good but what offense have the offenses had they played they haven't played a good offense at all so it's like their defense is good but it's probably not as good as it seems because they haven't played a good offense and I'm saying all of this to say everyone was talking about Penn State's defense but it's like which offenses have they played like they haven't played a team with a high powered offense and so and then you looked at so and so it's just like Penn State, offense was terrible Sean Clifford's not a good quarterback and their defense is solid but they were good against non-offensive teams and not even just good offenses they've never seen an offense like Ohio State so it's like they didn't even get but they haven't even had like a warm-up of like a pretty solid and I would love I don't look at I love stats but I like game stats I don't look at like national stats but it would be interesting to see if they played a team with the top 50 offense yet Cincinnati yeah, maybe. Cincinnati's
1: the only one that would qualify in that category, honestly.
0: But I don't think Cincinnati's offense is good. It's just efficient. Like they don't put up well, I guess maybe they do put up a lot of points in some of these blowouts. I'm actually gonna look it up now because now I wanna know. But yeah, it's so Cincinnati was always not going to be good, but it's just like, man, you wish you don't lose the Illinois so you're still a top 10 team. Like, it wouldn't have scared you nonetheless, but at least it would have had some, like, oomph into the game. It would have had some, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Something and behind I th- it.
1: I think the point that you're making is really interesting because, you know, Ohio State's offense, and I put it in the show plan, has scored almost every single offensive series that they've had since CJ Stroud's taken back over. So when you look at the stats, like outside of a couple series, they had one that ended in three plays. Uh, they had two, they kneeled out two series. And then the last series that the starters were in against Indiana, they failed to score. But overall that is like what I, I want to say, like almost 30 series out of like 31, 33 series where they scored
0: points. Yeah. I don't know the. I don't know the total. I just know, cause Bill Landis put it up, and they're 24 drives in the first half of all these games, which is they're really only playing in the first half, they scored 20 touchdowns on 24 drives. One of them, one of the four that wasn't a touchdown was a field goal. So they scored 21 out of 24 first half hey, That
1: That's absolutely like absurd efficiency. I think the joke that you keep seeing in all these articles written by the beat writers is Ohio State's averaging a point a minute. And that's – like if you guys don't understand, like that's impressive in basketball to score a point a minute. You know, like maybe not two points a minute in basketball, but you know what I'm saying. Like it is impressive to score at that clip. It means every time – they touch the ball, they score. Without question. It's it's absolutely incredible the efficiency there. Like even Justin Fields' offenses, even Dwayne Haskins' offense weren't coming this close to that level of efficiency. Like it's absolutely insane if we really want to break down the numbers even further. Uh, they have increased in every single statistical category to number one in points per game, 49.3, number one in yards per game number 1 in points per play and then 8.3 in yards per play at number 1 in the country. Uh they're scoring on 96% of their possessions in the red zone. Like these stats are insane.
0: Yeah, I mean it's there's really there's really nothing that you can say uh except it's insane. And it's it's I mean I don't know. I want to say it's not surprising, but any kind of output like this actually is surprising. It's not unbelievable when you think of like the players and stuff. And, and I think maybe that's the best way to put it. Like it's not un- unbelievable because it's like you have these three good wide receivers. Travion Henderson is, is better than anyone thought earlier than they thought. And CJ Stroud was always supposed to be a good quarterback, but it's still like, Holy crap. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just – and it's just not something that you're supposed to be able to do in college football. Uh, and just really quick getting back to this, this is just total offense. Uh, and I don't know exactly how they how they uh, gathered all this, but um, Cincinnati is not in the top 50 of total offense. Okay, said so And this is according to, to the that NCAA. That probably means,
1: uh- None of the teams Penn State's played have been in the top 50.
0: I haven't seen a team that looks like it. I, I don't have their schedule memorized, but Auburn's definitely no, not terrible. in here. Cincinnati's not in here. They didn't play Michigan, did they? They played Michigan State, right? Uh, let's pull it up. No, yeah, I know for a fact they haven't played Michigan yet. they still have to play they Michigan. they haven't played Michigan State yet because. Yeah, nope. that's right. So they haven't played Michigan State. Um yeah, so none of the teams – who else have they played? Penn State, they played Iowa. Iowa's yeah, definitely at the bottom. not here. I was they looking played, at them there. They played Wisconsin. Wisconsin definitely not, not here.
1: Villanova doesn't qualify. Ball nope. State, probably nope. not. Indiana, nope. I mean, if he gets shut out in a game, that usually hurts a lot of your rankings when it comes to that stuff. So yeah. you're right. I, I do think Penn State – I so this is kind of the thing. We're going to talk about a little bit more when we – kind of break down the game a little bit more. Uh, but the line set at 18 and a half points, that is insane for the team that's been arguably Ohio State's closest rival since, you know. It's not even it's not Yeah, even like they've been closest to Ohio well, State this decade, without question. They haven't yeah. beat Ohio State the most, I don't believe, but they have been the closest. I think they're tied for the most of
0: two wins. They're not, nope. James Franklin's only been well, a State twice this decade. decade
1: or last decade.
0: Joe Paul. Yeah. Oh, you just meant the, you meant the yeah. entire decade. I thought you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, Joe okay. has got him one time. <laughs> yeah, I just think like, and we can talk about this a little bit more later. I just want to bring it up so I don't forget. Um, Audrey Snyder, who's the athletic writer for uh, the the Big t- for the athletic. Uh, she put in a stat. James Franklin, like it feels like, Penn State's so much better than this. James Franklin is seven and fourteen against Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. He's three and four a piece against Michigan and Michigan State, which means he has losing records. And then he's one in six against Ohio State, which is like it's un- like he's seven and 14. And those are those are his like supposed to be his contemporaries. Like those are the four, some of the four biggest brands, maybe the four big, especially the four biggest brands that are decent. You could say maybe Nebraska is a bigger brand or whatever you want to say. But like the four biggest brands, the four teams who have who are supposed to have a chance of winning. The uh the East, who are supposed to be able to get to the playoffs, who are supposed to go to the Rose Bowl, and you're seven and fourteen in those games. Yeah, and I
1: think some perspective to that even further is like Michigan State was pretty good for part of the last
0: decade, but they've also been really terrible. For like the last yeah. three years, right? Or four years. Because Dan, Dan Antonio, is Dantonio is Dan Mark D'Antonio. Dan, yeah, Dan, is it, it's D'Antonio D'Antoni. or Dan Tony? The basketball coach is D'Antonio. I always get, the, I always get it mixed up. Dan Tony is, he had two really, really bad, bad years, years, right? Like pathetic. And then the third year, the, the third year would have been last year, Mount Tucker's first year, and this would be the fourth year. So the last three years, they've, Penn State they've been should bad. have been
1: automatic against him those last three years, and they have not been. Mm-hmm. You know, Michigan, I'd say they're very much on the same level. You know, I think they're very close to Ohio State, but they're just not there. So three and four against them, that one, that's a little bit more fair. Three and four against Michigan State is pretty bad.
0: It's not fair with Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. They're they're like the the same coach. They're
1: really good against everyone they're supposed to be,
0: but they cannot
1: beat the better team. So literally it's just them playing on like, who needs, who's, who's like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, who's going to fall short this year? It's not about who wins that game. It's about who's going to fall short against the other. Because both of them are exactly the same. They recruit just good enough to beat every other bad team on their schedule. Everyone they're supposed to, they usually beat. And then they play their contemporaries or teams that are better than them. They almost always
0: James Franklin is Jim Harbaugh
1: both played quarterback, Man. both coached at really good academic Jeez. schools. Like Jeez. honestly, the parallels are
0: kind of kind of amazing. They're scary. I didn't even I didn't even like but it's so it's so funny because like James Franklin is thought of I, so high. Like like if you told, like if you told me that because he probably is, or close to it, if you told me that Jim Harbaugh was 7-14 against Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State, I'd say, yeah, that yeah. sounds right. That's accurate. I believe it. You telling me James Franklin is that, it doesn't, like, first of all, I couldn't believe that James Franklin was only 1-6 against Ohio State because it feels like he's beating us. It does. It, it feels like, you know how many times um, Penn State's
1: been really close, then Ohio State's just pulled out the rug at the end and like...
0: Yeah, which is, like, there was two years in a row. It was one-point victories, but it feels like he's, like, beating us, and he has it. And, like, I'm, like, I held James Franklin to such a high esteem. I still think he's out of there. I still think he gets the USC job. But now I'm questioning if he's even a yeah. good coach.
1: I, I think like, I think he gets so much credit for what he did at Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt's just such, like, and this is, like, a really mean way to say it. They're just such a pathetic football program, and a lot of it's stacked against them. But – You know, and then, like, kind of the circumstances he took over. Penn State was down scholarships. You know, Bill O'Brien just did kind of this one-and-done miracle job. He had to rebuild their whole recruiting profile. Like, he's done a lot for Penn State that, like, doesn't really go into the record books. And I think he gets a lot of passes because of that. But when you look at the on-field product of his teams, they are very much exactly like the quarterbacks he's had. Trace McSorley, Sean Clifford, uh... Above average, uh, not great, not bad. You can do better, you can do worse, but there's consistency.
0: Yeah, which is why he's still going to get the USC job because I I, I message this I message this on Twitter to Ari Wasserman because Ari Wasserman doesn't think he's a good coach, which is funny because now I'm starting to agree with him and like agreeing with Ari Wasserman like sometimes is like a, a scary yeah, proposition he could because like, like he's very, ten weeks like maybe. James Franklin's yeah. the best coach USC could ever hired. Yeah, and so but it's just like. And I, I mentioned this to them. I was like, You don't think that James Franklin is guaranteed to get USC a national championship, which is fine, but could he make them OU? And I was like, Everyone loves Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, and he's done nothing. And it's like all he's done is win a week conference and go to the playoffs and get blown out. James Franklin could do that at USC, and he would do it every single year, and they would love yeah, him for it. Yeah, I think
1: James it. Franklin would actually probably fit really well in USC's culture. And, you know, I'm sorry, Penn State fans, like we're literally. Like maybe not even your nightmare. I don't even think you guys like them very much.
0: Some of them do So don't. at the end of the day,
1: I think it. it's just it's one of those breakups that's amicable. Like they just don't fit anymore. And, and I think USC, you know, with I Los mean, Angeles being a pretty good recruiting place, you know, UCLA still hasn't climbed under Chip Kelly like a lot of people assumed, which he was never a really great recruiter. So I didn't know why everyone assumed that. And then you keep on going a little further. Oregon's great. But well, I think I they really, close off this organ from getting – I think James Franklin can out-recruit Mario Cristobal.
0: Oh, it's not even close. Um, I also disagree with the UCLA thing because I think UCLA is worse than people realize and that the job yeah, was harder. Yeah, I'm not like discrediting that. UCLA, California. So I, I think Chip I mean, Chip Kelly's done yeah. an amazing job the, at UCLA. The reason and, USC uh, can
1: get jumped up so fast is they're a private school. So – they could make exceptions. Yeah. UCLA is one of the most esteemed public schools in the country. It makes it a tough job. But a lot of people are like, oh, they're recruiting Los Angeles and stuff. But you still need to make the grade yeah. to get into UCLA. They're not one of those people who are like – "They." what's that word Notre Dame used to always use? Um, they, they can't let these flyers – they can't let flyers in. They can't be like – they can't turn their head too yeah. much on transit.
0: Yeah. Um I was just going to say, you know, I I know you weren't talking bad, but we got to give them respect. Like, they are a lot better than they were. Well, Well, not even. Not even that. We're going to be UCLA fans next year because Jack Miller is going to yeah. be the starting quarterback. Yeah, Chip Kelly is Ryan Day's mentor. He's going to call hey. him up. Be like, hey, 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 Chip, my my fourth string quarterback wants it to was- transfer. He's he's he wants to go close to home. Make it happen, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think his middle his name is Thompson. Dorian, whatever it's Robinson. Thompson. I think it's, yeah, it's Thompson Robinson. BTR. DTR is going to be leaving. Jack Miller, UCLA quarterback, he's going to run that offense. They're going to win like nine games, and then and that's so going to be get, it. yeah. So like he's, he's, he's going to be good. Got to be.
1: Uh, you know, I think yeah. that phone call. Chip Kelly, uh, he'd be like, which which one can I have, honestly?
0: Jack Miller. The one <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, you could have you could have JP and drop. I don't think. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Uh, but yeah, I just think. Um, it's crazy you know just kind of these little things and you know we're gonna talk so much more about Penn State we've got a few more things to get through before we get to that but uh why can't Alabama fans just let's be happy you know, why are they why are they they're they're they are so self-conscious when anything goes wrong that they need to find any little thing they could hold on to
0: which is weird coming from people who cover Ohio State like because are, again we're I apologize. The most, Ohio State fans are yeah. some of the worst. We fans are ever. very
1: <laughs> self-conscious. Like we're always ready to attack at a moment's notice if anyone disgraces the name. It, it's the fan base. It's what. It's a like really good football programs probably are the worst at this. They're they're the most. We're all especially. Sensitive.
0: Yeah, especially programs like us where, like, we rightfully feel slighted at times. Like, of all the of all the big programs, we've been left out of the playoff the most. And, like, so, like, our fans are on go. But at least we know it. Like, at least we, like, we can self-reflect and know it about ourselves. But it's just, like, <clears throat> Alabama fans are, like, they're just being, like, super sensitive right now. And it's, like, I'm sorry that y'all couldn't recruit good wide receivers after they all left. Like, I'm sorry – that our fourth string wide receiver, and that is a fact, because you can look at the tape and you can see how many games he played, how many catches he had. I'm sorry, that our fourth string wide receiver is the best wide receiver <laughs> yeah, on your and, team, but and it's this is not, false. To for you say guys, that. we're
1: referencing Alabama fans talking about how Jamison Williams is has more yards than Ohio State receivers uh, and a few more catches. Okay, but the reality of it is. Would you rather have Garrett Wilson outside and would you rather have Chris Olave outside or would you rather have Garrett Wilson back in the slot? Because I'm going to let you guys know, Jackson Smith at Jigba is the youngest receiver there and
0: he might be the best receiver of the three. Which is crazy to say. But not only that, also, if we're being, if we're going to talk about it, we also have to talk about the fact that it wasn't until this past game when uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson only had like 50 yards a piece and didn't play until the second half that Jamison Williams caught them because for a while his numbers were almost yeah. identical to Jackson's. And jig, but he he's been playing
1: season. in fourth quarters more consistently. He's got a whole extra game on Ohio, on Ohio State's receivers, so it's not like. They're picking these stats up. It's like he's averaging 20 yards a catch. Olave and Wilson are averaging 19 yards a catch. And then J- Jackson Smith and Jig was averaging like 18 yards per catch. It's not like these are sliced numbers. And yeah, Jameson Williams went in and was better than John Mechie and Slade Bolden. Congratulations. Oh, it's sh- shocking.
0: Just can't and they're believe like, it. Oh, yeah, he's even
1: better now. It's like, yeah, you're welcome. Brian Hartline took the time to develop him into an elite wide receiver. And then he went out in the
0: offseason season and in, and put yeah, in work. He like he looks and a little thing.
1: different. Like he's bigger, he's stronger. He's still kind of struggling with drops, he's first but of- like he's getting more targets, so he's yeah, kind of gonna- cutting that out a little.
0: And he's not having as many mental laps. Like I I love the Ohio State fans who are like who recently biased are like, why wasn't Jameson Williams playing in the return game? Because he dropped all yeah. the kicks. They put him back there. He dropped all of them. Like it like he was he never had a good return because he couldn't catch the ball. And so they had to put someone back there who was literally never gonna have a long return, but he could yeah, always catch and- it. And so it's like he worked on that in the offseason. Now he's not dropping them. Now he's getting 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 yard returns. We always knew he could do it. He just didn't do it here. I,
1: I, I don't think any Ohio State fans like, yeah, like, like we were all kind of disappointed Jamison Williams left. Like we're like, oh, he's good. But then we're like, we also understood. And then that's the thing is like we're not comparing our receivers to Jameson Williams. We're just having fun with our receivers. Alabama fans, just go live your life in the South, man. We don't need you guys coming up past the Mason-Dixon line being like, hey, our guy's better. No, he's not. Garrett Wilson's going to be the first receiver taken next year. Chris is probably going to be the second receiver taken next year. It's going to be him or Jahan Dotson. And then Jameson Williams at the top well, of that second round.
0: Chris Olave may go first. It depends on the it draft It depends order. on what the there other teams need, to too. Love. I think Garrett
1: Wilson's uh, – if you're a receiver needy team – You're probably going to take Garrett Wilson because he could do a little bit more, you know. I think he's uh, more of an all-around receiver. Uh, Alave, he
0: for one, he's more Alave
1: is gonna he's gonna have his role immediately, and if he could get drafted to a team like the Packers or the Browns or a team that's like already pretty established at receiver, and then they're just like, hey, we don't need much else. Let's take a flyer on this guy at 22. Like, let's go. He's not going I, I that far. I think 22 is the range for him, 20 to 30. I think Garrett Wilson's going to be a top I 10 pick. I, I don't
0: think a lot of it falls that far.
1: What's the lowest Do you think he gets drafted? I think a lot of it
0: goes. The- so, it, it depends on how the draft shakes out. It really depends. But, well, for one – he could go to the Eagles at, like, nine because the Eagles are going to – unless the unless the Colts, like, really get it together and make the playoffs, the Eagles are going to have, like, three top 12 picks. I don't see him going past 15. Um, it really just depends on how the draft shakes out, but especially because there's no good quarterbacks. um there's like literally no good quarterbacks. He's gonna go pretty early, I think, because uh, everyone needs wide receivers, and wide receivers always get over drafted. And like reading the current draft coverage that's out there, a lot of people like a lot of people like Chris Olave better um, as an NFL wide receiver as an NFL prospect, and it's not really a flyer on either one of them. But I think that. They're gonna look at the polish, and they're gonna because especially when you look at the stats, like they're not much different. Uh, and even we disagreed on that because I, I think I said in the beginning of this in the offseason that Garrett um, Wilson was gonna be the deep threat, and you were like, no, it's still gonna be Alave. Alave may be the better deep threat. So I, yeah, that's I think valuable. In the I don't know who will go so first. I, kind of, I don't know who will go first, but I think he'll go. Yeah, top I think
1: I, I wouldn't be. I mean, I'm not gonna be shocked if he goes in the top fifteen. I just think. Uh, you know how the draft always sort of shakes out. It's like every so often there's like seven picks between like a certain, it's like those weird stats people come up with. I I think Garrett Wilson's the first receiver off the board. You think, I mean, I'm not going to be mad if either of them are the first off the board. That's not what we're saying. It's just, I think Garrett Wilson translates a little better to all teams. And Chris Olave is going to be very good wherever he goes. But I think his system fits going to be a little bit more important.
0: Well, I don't know if I agree with that, but I do think uh I do think they're both gonna have good pro careers. I don't think I just don't think that wide receivers are system yeah. fits. Because well, like any good team should have a wide receiver like multiple wide receivers. And so like it depends on their need of that. Like, like there's not a team in the league who couldn't use Chris Olave. Yeah, in my yeah I I kind of agree with that. I do think I think Chris
1: Olave would like absolutely thrive in more of like, uh, one of those vertical passing attacks, like the Pat Shermer type, where they're everything's 15. Like he ran with Justin Fields. Like, I think that's where he'd thrive, and I think Garrett Wilson can play in that. I but I think he'd thrive much more in like a West Coast one, where he's getting in one-on-one matchups, kind of being. You know, it's just different. Their skill sets are different. So I think there's offenses that would use them better.
0: Yeah, but that's because the NFL sucks. I think think the Eagles would
1: use Chris Olave better than Garrett Wilson.
0: Yeah, but that's because their quarterback sucks. Um, Uh, Chris Olave would be perfect on the Bengals. No, for sure. Because he would be a perfect compliment. He's he's the perfect compliment to Jamar Chase. Because, like, he can, like, Chris Olave, like, it's weird when you look at their bodies because Garrett Wilson is more of the possession receiver, and you might actually think of that like Chris Olave. But Chris Olave can play that possession receiver, but he's also like sneaky, good at the deep ball. So it's like, all right, we're gonna slide the we're gonna slide the coverage to Jamar, uh, yeah, Jamar Chase because he's killed everybody last year. And then Chris Olave is like, oh, one on one, all right, that's a fifty yard post route.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's honestly an NFL corner ready to cover either of them one on one. Uh, so that's going to be fun too. but you know, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there are obviously like three or four all pro guys, but, uh, yeah, but Bama fans, leave us alone, man. We're happy. We've got, we're talking about first round wide receivers here. Like, and that's not as slight as Jameson. About, that, he that, might, he how. still might get in the first round. That's like the crazy thing.
0: Yeah. Um, but don't use milk, <laughs> Yeah. Jameson, no, yeah, please don't. Jamison is the one that kind of worries me. I think Jamison could be a bust. Um, and I think he could be a bust because someone's going gra- to draft him in the first round. And he's, I just don't think he's a complete wide receiver yet. And I don't think he... His biggest issue at Ohio State and the issue that he's going to have in the league is he's great when he's the number one wide receiver because he's you're always looking at him. You give him a lot of touches. But like when he has to like fit into a role... And not only when he has to fit into a role, but like when you're not the number one wide receiver, you have to catch the ball when it comes to you, because you're going to get three targets a game. And 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 we've seen it with Ohio State. If you give him three targets a game, he might not have a catch. But if you give him ten, he's going to have seven catches, six catches for 124 yards, two touchdowns. But like he needs that kind of like repetition. And he like Alave Wilson, some of these other you know some of these other wide receivers. Some of them are going to come in and be number one wide receivers. Some of them won't. Some of them. Sometimes you just need that second wide receiver. And like you know, at um, worst,
1: Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave would be some of the best number two wide receivers in the league. That's like their floor. They could be. Yeah. There. Like I, I think Garrett Wilson is going to translate very well into a Jarvis Landry type wide receiver.
0: And honestly, ninety-five. This is a fake statistic, but I don't care. Ninety to ninety-five percent of all wide receivers are. Second or third wide receivers their first year until they figure it out. Wide receiver is one of the hardest ones to transition to, especially because the rules are different and like they can touch you in different places. That sounds weird. They can press you and and different things and like there's different rules and stuff. So it's like um, it's just different. It's hard to translate. Like you get you get one just Justin Jefferson, one Jamar Chase a year, and then everyone else has to figure it out and Alave. Wilson, regardless what their role is, even if they don't become number one wide receivers, which I think they can, they're gonna have ten year careers, they're gonna put up good stats, they're not gonna let a team no, down. Like they're they're, they're bust yeah, proof. For sure.
1: Uh and I don't think Bama fans can say that about their two guys right now. And bull no. is not gonna get drafted in that realm. So uh Wrong. So, uh, and they're going to lose to Georgia. So let's just put that out there too. We've been saying it for weeks. You've been saying it all year. So, uh, yeah. So speaking of the other teams in the country, uh, we've got some college football playoff rankings next Tuesday. And I I know we had some conversations pre-show, but honestly, I I think we're both kind of in agreement here. Uh, The committee is going to rank the teams as the best teams. That's what they've done, and most of the time, that's going to be making three or four fan bases really mad given the circumstances around it, but you know, there's some question mark teams, like we talked about Ohio State losing to Oregon earlier in the year, but they're a significantly better team now, so what's that mean? Oklahoma's undefeated, but they've only beaten two FBS teams by double digits this year, and they've both been close games until the end, so... There's a lot of question marks going in to this. What are your initial thoughts going into next week when it comes to the college football playoff rankings?
0: Um, my initial thoughts are they don't matter at all. Um, I'm with you. But I'm going to be very interested because like so the college football playoff rankings, they have this thing where like if they think you're good, but they're not convinced they put you right outside the top four. They've done it with Ohio State a couple of times. They've done it with some other teams because the thing is, it's easy if you're at five for six to jump you into four. It's not easy if you start at three for two teams to jump you and you end up at five because people take those initial rankings as like God, which is weird. So. It's going to be really interesting to see where they put Cincinnati because if they put Cincinnati in the first four, which I do think they deserve to be. But if they put them in the first four and then Cincinnati goes undefeated, it's going to be really hard for them to take Cincy from two to five if they end up determining they're not good enough to make the playoffs. So that's going to be really interesting. And then it's going to be interesting to see where Ohio State and Oregon are ranked. Um, Do they give Oregon the head-to-head early, knowing that if Ohio State wins out, they're most likely going to jump them? Or do they just say F it, which is what the AP poll has done, and be like, at this point in time, Ohio State's the better team. And here's the thing. If Ohio State is ranked higher than Oregon in the first poll, Oregon's not jumping them. Not to say that they won't get in. They're not jumping them. Because Oregon, yeah, they're not jumping Ohio State. I think, and we talked about this before, so I think it's good to say it on the show, I think a one-loss Oregon with a win over Ohio State should get in even before an undefeated Oklahoma because neither one of them had looked great and Oregon has the better loss, has the better win. I think that the Ohio State win matters. It just doesn't matter with the like putting them back-to-back back because Ohio State looks like the significantly better team and we're projecting to the future. In the future, Ohio State's going to have a top top 20 win with Penn State. Whoever wins this Michigan-Michigan State game is going to be top 5, top 10. The loser, unless they lose again, is going to be top 15 because we've seen they're not moving top 10 teams that far. And then whoever comes out the West is probably going to be top 15. So they have four more chances, four more ranked wins, Two of them potentially top 10 wins, the resume is just going to be better. Um, and the big conference matters. That's how other teams have gotten in before, off the strength of their conference. And the Big Ten is the second best conference in football right now. So they're not going to leave the yeah, Big Ten not out at all. Even if it's Ohio State. And
1: I, I think I'm, I'm with you. So the reason I posed that question to you before was we both agree that head to head wins should matter, but we both know how the playoff committee works. The playoff committee only uses head-to-heads early in the season if the teams are equal. And as right now, and I love I love this truth serum, you put it in anybody's arm right now, is anyone taking Oregon over Ohio State? Is anyone taking this Oregon team over Alabama right now? Is anyone taking this Oregon team over Cincinnati? Uh, I don't think so. I think Oregon, at best, might be fifth in the country. I think at worst, they're eighth or ninth. And that's kind of this complex issue. And that's why we're so excited for the first. That's why everyone's so excited for the first. But this is also something to think about. Um, a lot of the times the team that's ranked number one going into it does not finish the season number one. Uh, I think all the way back to the first one, do you, you remember the team that was ranked number one overall in the inaugural college
0: football playoff ranking? Was it work? No, it wasn't working. Who was it?
1: Florida State,
0: uh, Mississippi State, Mississippi State. Is that what that? Yeah. Oh yeah, they were they were like, really, and then really they good lost two year.
1: games to end the season.
0: So, uh, not
1: saying Georgia's is going to lose. I think everyone expects them to be ranked number one. They're undefeated. They've actually had some pretty good wins, regardless of how you feel about where Clemson's at now. It's still a good win on a neutral site, regardless of how you feel about no, Kentucky. It's not. Like they've they've played good teams. Their their schedule started with how Ohio State's is ending Clemson. because like they started with all their tough games and now they're going to have the easy breeze to the end.
0: Clemson is not a tough game. Their they're defense not a good is team. good. That's
1: just, yes, no, it, their not. defense is still good. It doesn't, it doesn't help that DJ Uanga can't throw a pass <laughs> 10 yards down the field without him they're, going into the
0: stands. Man. Uh, their defense didn't look good against Pitt. Their defense isn't good. I mean, it's if just your Clemson. worst
1: games giving up twenty four points. Like that's not bad.
0: They only gave yeah, up twenty four. Twenty four to fourteen. Why did why did it look worse than that? It really looked like Pitt was doing whatever they wanted to. And I have watched that game. I don't I'm know. just saying, their like, guess... their defense is not. Their offense is just so ir-
1: ir- irresponsibly bad. Like, I don't know how it's so terrible. That's how bad their offense is. I think I looked at the stats. They're ranked in the 120s in almost every single stat. It is so bad. I know how bad it, it all starts I with DJ. So but, bad. like, it, it's crazy. And, you know, Georgia, they're the number one team. And regardless of how we feel about their schedule, regardless of anything, they're, the, the committee's putting them at number one.
0: Uh, the number, Clemson's. Clemson's defense is ranked 37. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's decent. decent. Ohio Ohio State's is worse, which is, like, I guess we should be talking about defense, but well, like it's better. not good. It's decent. Uh,
1: and then uh, two is that's two is going to be the interesting ranking. This is where we're going to find out everything. Do they give it to Cincinnati, who's been undefeated? You know, they started off pretty high in the AP polls. They've done everything they needed to. They've beat some ranked teams. Uh, if they're number two, that says a lot about how they feel about Cincinnati as a football team, which I can see them being number two. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Uh, then number three gets interesting: uh, is it Alabama? Is it Ohio State? Is it someone else? You know, what do they do with the two undefeated Michigan teams? Where do they fall coming into this game? Uh, so, well, they will—they won't be undefeated yeah, at true. that point because it's uh, on So whoever board. wins that game, so they don't, they don't how play. much respect do they get for beating the other one? So there's a lot of questions going into the rankings, but I do think the biggest questions are where Cincinnati's ranked, like you said, and how high Ohio State is. Because like you said, if they're in that five to six range, that means the jury's still out on them a little bit. But if they're in the top four, uh, there's no questions what they feel about
0: them. Yeah, I also want to see where they put Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's in the state. Because Oklahoma's undefeated, but like... But here's the thing. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Oklahoma is most – here's the thing. Oklahoma is going to lose. If they don't lose, regardless of what it looks like, they deserve to be in the playoffs. And not because they're 13-0 and not just because they're undefeated, but because they are going to play some tough teams. Oklahoma State has a pretty good defense. They still have to play Iowa State. They still have to play – Oklahoma is playing outside of Texas, which was a tough game. Oklahoma has to play like three tough games in a row, and they could lose one or two of them. And then they still have to play another team in the in the championship. Like they may have to play Oklahoma State twice. So I don't see them going undefeated. But if they go through that gauntlet undefeated, then fine. They deserve to be in, even though they look like trash, and they're going to get blown out by whoever they play. Um, Oregon is most likely going to lose again. That wouldn't – that just wouldn't shock me at all. They've done everything they could to give the game away. And honestly, if DTR didn't uh, get injured, I think they would have lost. Yeah,
1: it's – for sure. I mean, that's the thing is like these are the first rankings. We're just getting excited about it because this is the first – we don't have to – what would we say? We don't have to listen to the AP poll anymore. The AP poll – and we talked about how bad the AP poll was. You know, uh, we know the life of a beat writer is being at the stadium – three hours before a game leaving two hours after a game, you know how many football games they actually have a chance to watch in the day outside of their game. And like you said, that's assuming they love college football enough to watch other games. Uh, I I, I think the AP poll vote should be better. I think they shouldn't rely on local beat writers and more college football focused folks. I think there should be uh, more strict criteria than just like giving it to the guy at the outlet that wants it, you know, but at the end of the day, um, it's not good. It's not a good ranking system. It's similar to the coaches poll. You guys really think Ryan Day gets home before he casts his ballot? You think Ryan Day actually casts his own ballot?
0: You think Nick <laughs> no, Saban? It's the S-I-B You here, think Nick whoever. Saban's writing down
1: twenty five teams on a ballot? No, they're not doing that. So these polls, at least I can say with a little bit of confidence that the committee actually does watch most of the games. And if your team starts with an Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia, they for sure watch your football games. And that's where I, and if you had the fortunate uh, situation of playing in Ohio State and Alabama or Georgia, they've seen one of your football games. So, I think this is better. Uh, It's better. I I don't know. Is it better or worse than the computers? How do you feel? It's like quick thought there.
0: Honestly, I think it's significantly better.
1: I I do Um, like being uh, able to look at things and kind of have people dissecting. But the one thing, and this is where I think it sucks with humans, is like they have to uh, recuse themselves sometimes. You know, like Barry Alvarez a few years ago had like a nephew on a staff. And he couldn't vote on a team.
0: Yeah, um, I like it. I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. Um, I mean, it sucked some years that like Ohio State get didn't get in. But like, don't lose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I Like, I, don't,
1: at least and, with with the committee, they have a spokesperson and they give their reasoning. They actually do discuss why they rank teams, where they rank them. And regardless of how you feel about the actual rankings, at least they tell you why.
0: Yeah. And honestly, like how many times have yeah, they been no, wrong? They, I mean, like like even like 2017, when you didn't think Alabama should have been in there and they got in there as a non-conference champ, they won it. And it's supposed to be four best teams like. As an Ohio State fan, it can be frustrating. I'm sure some other fans, but like there has not been a time where I genuinely felt like Ohio State got like they did got the raw end of the stick. Ohio State is never, ever not going to be in the playoffs if they win all their games for one. And in most cases, unless there are four undefeated teams, and Ohio State's the only one-loss champion. There's almost no chance that Ohio State doesn't get in as a one-loss champ and unless they lose it for two. Losing to a top-25 ranked team, especially a top-10 team, which Oregon will most likely finish that way, does not hurt you. And we've seen that with other people. You just can't lose to Akron. You just can't lose to Purdue. You, and you can't lose in a blowout. If it's like a close game, they even look at that differently. You just can't get blown out by scrubs who aren't in the top 25 of any ranking. So it's just like, I, I think it's good. I mean, it's not perfect, um, but it's fine. It's yeah. good enough. The games are still Yeah, and I think at
1: the end of the day, I do... I just enjoy – it's like why people hate umpires in baseball, but it's why I love the committee. It's the human nature aspect. Like It's people like us with a little bit more power in the sport, uh, a lot more power. That was just kind of giving us a little more credit. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> with more power than us, getting together and being like, hey, this is who we think. Uh, the two things – and this is just final like thoughts on the college football playoff and how it is. Uh, in the future, can't associate it with a network. And secondly, no, uh, (laughs) the show can be on a network, but I don't want it to be, you know, like it's tough because the ESPN is so tied in with the SEC. Uh, Fox is so tied in with the big 10. These networks do have their biases and you can't deny that. Uh, so, that's why when the college football playoff committee makes these decisions and it's on ESPN, I think it needs to be, you know how they do like an election where it's on like two or three networks, like maybe do it that way, put it on all the conference affiliates. So then no one could be like, Oh, it's on ESPN. Like it's the bias, you know? Oh, it's on Fox. That's why us Southern people are getting screwed, you know,
0: find a way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care about it being on ESPN. I don't think ESPN should solely own the playoffs, but I don't really watch the, like, the, I get it, like, I don't think it's, like, right, and ESPN should, not like, have a monopoly of college football. I just don't care enough about the actual show, uh, but I think the actual playoffs, though, should not be on ESPN solely. Uh, the one thing that I was going to say, uh, lastly, about the, the playoffs is just remember, Ohio State, It's been there since 2014, right? Ohio State has made it three out of seven years? Yeah. Uh, Right? Yeah. No, four out of seven. It's been four out of seven? Okay. That's even better. Four out of seven years. Name one span in Ohio State's history where four out of seven years they played for the national championship.
1: It's been pretty good.
0: So it's like... And no, obviously, for the people who are very literal, no, they didn't get into the national championship every single one of those games.
1: You but make the playoff. If you're, you're in playing the playoffs, for
0: you're playing for the national championship. This has been better than Ohio State than any other system. Yeah, and. Ohio State just has to win. They just have to win. That's all they have to do. They have to win, and they have it. That's fine. And I see, but they've got like, I see chances. Ohio State fans
1: being like – and, you know, the reason like I'd wanted it as an Ohio State fan expansion is because they never miss the playoffs. They'd literally always be there in the end.
0: Ever.
1: So, yeah, yeah, I'm pro expansion because Ohio State will always probably be a top 12 team in the country.
0: I'm pro expansion because I just like football, and I I want to see I want to see some matchups that we're not typically going to see. No one's ever going to be happy; they're not going to be happy. But it would be cool to get some of the other teams in there, like to get a Cincinnati, because Cincinnati almost beat Georgia last year. You put them in a 12-team playoff, and you put them up against the Pac-12 champ, or you put them up against the, the Big 12 champ, and at a yeah, well, yeah they're going to win gonna that. Be game.
1: the Big 12 champ, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that too uh, So, shout out to yeah, you know,
1: yeah, and then, hey, we're not even going to talk about them on the show Because like, we don't need to We don't need to worry about them uh, Like Cincinnati fans are so enamored with saying Ohio State fans are worried about them uh, But yeah, we've gone this long We've talked about Penn State a little bit uh, But we're going to take a quick break here uh, Get a word in from our sponsors on the show uh, Catch you guys on the other side Word to Adele Who you know, just came out Welcome back, everybody. This zero's Christopher Rennie, here with Jordan Williams uh, on your favorite podcast, Fuck Off. Uh, we are once again going on our tangents pre-first half of the show, and now it's time to get down to some serious business for the week. Ohio um, State is playing Game Center. It's a very big game, and uh, mine and Jordan's nonchalant attitude towards this game should not take you guys away from what is going to be a huge matchup for both teams. Uh, so, Jordan, let's get into Penn State this week. Uh, it's a night game. Uh, let's start with that. Uh, Ohio State fans, you're welcome. Uh, to us who are going to be covering it after the game, uh, it's going to suck. But hopefully it's an entertaining enough game to where we're wide awake at midnight recording our instant recap show, and it's a lot of fun. But... There's two things we need to talk about. Ohio State finally gets a night game for their fans. Uh, And it's a scarlet out. So you want to know what I I want to say this before we get into this a little bit more. Ohio State fans, you begged for this. You begged for this game at 7.30 p.m. You begged for this game at night. This better be the best game day environment we have seen in 10 years. Like I do not care um, if it's cold out. I don't care if it's raining. You guys wanted a night game. You guys are getting a night game and you guys are getting a special night game because it's a scarlet out. So I expect that to be excellent or else I'm going back to being like, I'm okay with big noon kickoffs. But if I could feel the environment through the television, if I could hear the stadium from my apartment, You know what? Maybe we do need a little more night games.
0: I agree with everything except the last thing that you said. I don't know if you heard. I don't. I don't know if you heard me shout you out on the instant recap. But I I put it out there that they needed. I did it for you since you weren't on there. uh, That they needed to be in the Scarlet Out. Just getting them ready. Thank you. um, Yeah. You know, I I had to put that out there for you. But yeah, it's just like. There's no excuse There's not to do no it excuse. because it's scarlet. Everything you own is scarlet. And here's the thing: I saw someone tweet this. Is like, whoa! It's supposed to be cold, and not a lot of people have scarlet jackets. Okay, get creative. Put your scarlet shirt over your jacket. Oh my god! From, from from like from like the camera angle, it's still gonna look scarlet. Like you can't tell me that every single person at the whiteout is just wearing a plain white shirt. They're not. But when you zoom out and you look at the you look at everything they're going to see scarlet so get a black jacket get a white jacket, get something. It's just not like a bright yellow or something, like whatever jacket you have and put your scarlet shirt over top of it. It may look stupid, but we've all done it before. We've all like every, but everyone has done something. You played sports where you wanted your Jersey. So even though it was cold, you put your jersey, jersey over top of your coat, put the, put the shirt over top of your jacket. If you're cold or buy a scarlet jacket, buy a scarlet hoodie, whatever it is like
1: Lave was selling scarlet hoodies today. So you guys could scarlet out. It's just – so that's the two things. I need this – so I uh, – the last Penn State game that kind of bled into night was a 3.30 start. Uh, before that, it was Oklahoma same year, and it was electric. It was one of the best experiences of my life, even though they lost. It was an insanely fun football game to be at. It was warm. I know it's going to be cold. I don't care. This is what you guys begged for weeks in and weeks out. Me and Jordan – We don't care. We're watching all the games from home because we have to do a job. If you're a fan and you have the opportunity to be in the stadium for something you absolutely just needed to have, it better be the loudest stadium. There better be decibel records for Columbus, Ohio. I don't care if Ohio state wins by 50. And if you leave at halftime, I'm going to be even more upset.
0: Yeah. Come on now. It's just like, you know, I don't care. But you all seem to care. And that's what I'm saying. So if you care so much, if you care so much, do it right. Like, you know, I I just think that Ohio State fans are everywhere. And for us not to have, like, for as many, like, opinions and anger and, like, I mean, all of you people, like, everyone who listens to this, you know what I mean? Like, there are, like... A million, like, and I'm sure that there are other schools that are like this, but like, there are a million people doing Ohio State podcast, and you are listening to them. You like, you care. we know it. So just like, take the little extra step, put on some Scarlet. Sure. You paid two hundred dollars for friend. a ticket. Put Tell on your friends scarlet. to put
1: on some Scarlet if they're not putting on Scarlet. Tell your grandparents, hey, Grandma, put your jersey over your jacket
0: what do they say? Friends don't let friends drive drunk. Friends don't let friends not wear scarlet at the scarlet out or drive drunk after we blow up Penn State.
1: both of those, uh,
0: shoot. Make sure your Uber's yeah, wearing scarlet. When make sure you up because you're not driving drunk. Like, and there you, go. you
1: know, it's one of those things, you know, I, I don't, I, I say State's never going to be able to replicate the whiteout. Uh, you know, it, it's not, it's just something that's so ingrained in Penn state's culture, the whiteout. Uh Ohio State tried with the blackout, and the last time they did the blackout, it actually did do pretty well. It was the closest it had been, but you know what? There are some people wearing Scarlet. So, you know why they're doing the Scarlet out? Because everyone owns Scarlet, like Jordan has said, since this was announced a month ago. You've had a whole month to prepare, you've had a whole two weeks to prepare for a night game. It is time to show out Buckeye Nation.
0: Yeah, I mean do you know how hard it is? I mean you do, but just in general. Do you know how hard it is to find like actual genuine nice Ohio State stuff that's not scarlet? I know if you have anything Ohio State in your closet, you yeah. have something scarlet. Uh it's there.
1: Anytime like my grandparents got me a gift, it was like a red scarlet sweatshirt.
0: Every time. Every time. Because that's what they sell.
1: The only black stuff I have are pocket breaking the polos, the it's all the windbreakers, the nicer stuff that you have to spend the extra money for.
0: Yep. Every little t-shirt you can get at Walmart for the people who don't want to spend a ton of money. Like you don't want to go to, you know, I'm not trying to advertise, but like, you don't want to go to the, I'm not even going to say their name. You don't want to go to the Ohio state store in Eastern mall. So you went to Walmart or you went to target and you bought a t-shirt. 97% of those are scarlet and they're not selling black in there. Um, so, you have Scarlet. Yeah, it's and there. you
1: guys, you could buy Scarlet stuff from uh, the SB Nations t shirt affiliate. Uh, there's links on the Land Grant Holy Land Twitter page to it. So, you could buy something Scarlet there. Something cool, something fun, something new. Uh, but, yeah, I guess that's the first thing. I think we had to get it off our chest. Uh, thank you for shouting me out in the instant recap for that. Uh, this is important to me, the night game show out, because. We're going to be up till midnight working for you guys. So we just want you guys to do the work as fans for us.
0: Yeah. And I just want to reiterate this. I think I've said this on the show before. I hate night games and I apologize if this is making you not want to listen to the show, but I hate them. Big noon kickoff is the best thing that's ever happened to Ohio state football. Um, And I'll tell you why very shortly because you have to talk about Penn State. Night games suck. I hate waiting all day to watch Ohio State play. Even this week, when there are like a million amazing games on, literally all, because I do the Big Ten podcast, all of the best Big Ten games, there's one in each slot. So you can literally, from like from 12 until from noon until at night, one TV, you can watch Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Ohio State, uh, Penn State, the only game you can't watch without a second device is Maryland. No, Minnesota, Minnesota, who's Minnesota playing? I don't remember. Minnesota, Purdue, I think. Whoever it is, you probably don't even care about the Minnesota game. I care because I do the Big Ten podcast and Minnesota could win the Big Ten West, but you don't want to watch that game anyway. So the three games that you want to watch, they're in each window, which is literally perfect. But I just hate waiting. All like I love it, and I'm gonna watch every single game. But I like watching Ohio State game first. As soon as I wake up, I get some wings, I get a drink, I watch the game, and then the rest of the day it's just easy breezy, beautiful. Cumber so it's girl. just like, come on now, yeah. yeah. Like we're gonna have it. You wanted it. You begged for it. You asked for it. Let's make it. Let's make it worth having. This yeah, I
1: personally, since we're just on this tangent, I'm just gonna put my favorite time slot, a so 3:30 time slot. I think it's perfect for fans, for viewers. Uh, you get warmed up with usually. I I remember when noon games used to be the bad games. Remember, like five years ago, and then the big noon kickoff happened. Um, I used to love the 3:30 time slot. It was the best. But now it's still my favorite, but I've become very accustomed to noon. You know, you wake up, you do your morning routine, you sit down, you enjoy the game. Uh, But I get I get the atmosphere stuff and there's a lot of recruits coming. So I'm pro this one being the night game because recruits love that. You know, they get a rest. They get to spend a whole day there. And that's one other aspect that you got to take into consideration. But we're both on the same page. Noon games are where it's at. You you, pour a Bloody Mary, you
0: enjoy yourself. You had me until you said Bloody Mary. I can't drink tomato juice. Come on, now it just doesn't make no just sense if you, put to me. Enough, if you put enough
1: of the other stuff in it, it's fine.
0: I don't even eat tomato soup. No,
1: it's <laughs> not. It's, I, I love tomato soup. So,
0: like, yeah. You remember as a kid, everyone's like, "Oh, if you're sick, you can get grilled cheese and, and tomato soup." Nope. nope. Give me that I'm chicken good. noodle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah,
1: so. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to. I, there's not really any notable press or takeaways this week, you know, but I do want to emphasize something because there's a very interesting dynamic between Ohio State's press conference and Penn State's press conference. And we're going to talk about one way more specifically after this. But Ohio State had five people do press conferences this week. They had Ryan Day, they had. Jeremy Rucker. they had Haskell Garrett, they had Thayer Munford, and they had Nicholas Petit-Priere. Yeah, I, I believe Thayer Munford. No, nope, no Thayer Munford. Uh, it was Haskell Garrett and Tyreek Smith uh, on the defensive side. And the level of intensity when it came to discussing Penn State was so high. Every single one mentioned how tough of a team they were. Every single one mentioned how much they prepared for it, and it was only Tuesday. And every single player was like, this is going to be a game we need to bring our best. Every single snap. Uh, I think that, in Brian Day said the same thing. So, message from top to bottom is exactly the same. They are taking Penn State as serious as ever, even though they lost two games. They know who Penn State is. They know what Penn State wants to do. And I'm just excited because... This is kind of why I'm nonchalant, because I know this team is so motivated to prove the country how good they are, that they're going to kick the crap out of them. And everything they said in their pressers made me feel that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just think it's interesting sometimes like you talk about like trap games and like different things like that. Ohio state always gets up for Penn state because they have to like Penn state, Penn state could have a team full of one star players and they would still play Ohio state, the best game that they've played because that's just Penn state. I don't know what it is. Um, but they just play them tough every single time. I don't. I just don't think Penn State has it this year for for a multitude of reasons. So otherwise, I would pre- I would pre- predict this game to be a lot closer than I'm thinking. Um, but even still, it could be close. Like Penn State's not a game that Ohio State's ever going to take lightly. And also, um, I think you have to remember that Penn State has losses, but none of their losses have come on the East. So Penn State could win the yeah. East. It. it- and then and then there would be no big ten team in the playoff, because you're not getting a two loss team in. But this this stretch of Penn State, Ohio, Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan determines who wins the East, and Penn State can win it just as well as anybody else. So it's not a game like the two losses does it doesn't matter because at the end of the day this is not a national game. Like nationally it's like oh, two losses, but this game is for the big 10. And it yeah, matters. like
1: Penn state still ranked 13th. It's not like, you know, we know I was offense is terrible, but it's not like I was a bad football team. Illinois is a bad football team. That, that loss is inexcusable. And that's because James Franklin's in Malibu already. But, uh, this is a game. Like Ryan Day said it, this is the best defense we've faced. Um, what, Jeremy Rucker? They play us really physical and they play us really close every single time we play. Uh, who's next on the list? Um, uh, Haskell Garrett, similar, similar takeaways. Uh, Penn State's losses have been close, tough losses. Uh, Penn State has a lethal offense. I don't agree with that one, Haskell, but that's just the level of respect they're showing them, you know? Um, uh, and then, uh, Who's the last one? I think it was uh, Nicholas Petit-Friere said something about him. Uh, It's a premier marquee event, Petit-Friere says. And that is insane. Like, these guys are so ready to prove a point that I'm ready to see how much they prove it.
0: Yeah, I mean... There's nothing else you can really say about it. Like they're up for this game, especially the seniors, and honestly because I genuinely believe that Ryan Day's a little bit petty. Um I also I'm working on this theory that like Ryan Day's not the biggest Urban Meyer fan. Don't ask me why. It's like a little like a little couple of things that just makes me think that like Ryan Day's not the we biggest can Urban Meyer fan in the off season cuz um, I'm
1: I I have a lot of <laughs> takeaways on this. And when we're looking
0: for something Yeah, so so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little, a little bit of, like, negative motivation of, like, Penn State games are always close and we've never blown them out kind of thing of, like, a, we need to dominate this team. We need to stop having some one-point some one wins. We need to stop coming from behind type thing. Like, not full-on negative of, like, you know, but I, I just, like, I think that's a little something, because especially because multiple people have mentioned that it's close. And I think, like, Ohio, I think Ryan Day is petty enough to be upset that the yeah, games are for close. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've blown out everyone else, but they don't typically blow out Penn State. So, I could see a little bit of that in there. I could see a little bit of that from the seniors of like, okay, we just need to go out there and dominate this team. We need Because not only have they been close, Ohio State's had to come back and win most of those games. Um, so, it's like... Yeah. I, I could see a and little something. There's
1: this other thing that I've noticed when Ryan Day says these words. Uh, they're one of the best defenses in the country. You know what that means for Ryan Day as an offensive coach. I'm trying to put. He's like, 100. I am going to score so many points on you that people are going to forget <laughs> that they said that before this game started. I uh, remember when Ohio State scored 62 points on Michigan when he was the offensive coordinator in Urban's last year that was a challenge because guess what? Michigan had the number two ranked defense in the country. He's like, no, they don't. No, they don't. He's like, Remember so, okay. last year That's before cute. he put 49 on Clemson. He's like, we got to respect their defense or one of the best defenses we've ever faced. Uh, challenge complete Ryan day. So if you ever hear Ryan day, say this is one of the best de- last week, Indiana, they have a very respectable, good defense that are going to provide us challenges. We need to be ready. Uh, They were ready. Uh, So, you know, he always does what he does against bad defenses. But when it's against really good defenses, we see Ryan Day's full bag of tricks. And it's unbelievable. And Penn State is reeling right now. And they could literally put them in the coffin.
0: That, well, I think they're already in the coffin. I think they're just going to put the coffin on yeah. the ground.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, but yeah, and the reason I just kind of wanted to bring up that level of intensity from the presser is because, I, I'm going to swear here, holy shit, James Franklin has had a rough week of press conferences. What in the world is this guy on? Um, the joke is he
0: is either – on a high from his contract from yeah, USC. It, it? Jimmy, Jimmy Sexton, Sexton got him the money. Jimmy Sexton sent him the deal. He sent him the deal. Like, hey, hey, big guy. Yeah, you know, this is what they're offering. I and mean, he can't he can smell the beach air
1: in Malibu. He's getting he's he's got those rich, famous neighbors. He can kind of disappear into the crowd because he's a football coach and there's famous people in California. You know, he doesn't have all that thinking about that being stress and. Small little state college, Pennsylvania, where if he goes to the grocery store, people are going to ask him why he ran the ball in third and five. He
0: doesn't have to deal with that in Los Angeles. And the best part, he gets to leave state college in December. It immediately is going to go from negative degrees to like 70. One flight, and, and it's going have to, to be
1: private because it's USC. So. Uh,
0: hey.
1: We obviously think he's gone to USC, but really, if you guys missed this, and I don't know how you would have by Friday because all the pages ran with it. Uh, Land Grant ran with it. All the journalists are running with it. Barstool OSU running with it. So that's how you know it's very much in the news. Uh, James Franklin, when asked about playing Ohio State this week and the challenges they percent said, oh, we're just doing our best to get prepared for Illinois. And then when he was asked about what it's going to be like traveling on the road. He said the big house, which all of you listening are going to take that very much as a slight, uh, is going to be, a t- is always a tough environment to plan. Uh, the horseshoe is not the big house and Ohio state is not Illinois. And, you know, I was kind of like, you know what? I'd be kind of stuck in that week too. If I was James Franklin, I just went to nine overtimes and lost to Illinois. Who's terrible. I'd be pretty shell shocked too, but Just think about that, man. Did you hear all that stuff about Illinois? All that stuff about uh, the agent story coming out Monday. I mean, I didn't know he switched agents in the summer. Apparently he did. But why do you switch agents in the summer? That's a great point you brought up pre-show. Why do you switch agents in the summer unless it's to do something?
0: Yeah, he was ready to go. Yeah. He was ready to go. Oh, and then... He's been ready. What was to that go? last one we saw before we got on here? Oh, uh, he said he's like I'm. I'm. I'm all in. I'm deeply loyal to the players, the coaches, the staff. But there's other moving parts. Yeah, uh, I may have said that word for word, but if I didn't, it was pretty yeah, close.
1: it is one of those quotes where if you cut it off, it was a great quote. Then it was great coach speak. Oh.
0: It's fiercely instead of greatly. I'm fiercely loyal to Penn State, to these players, to this staff, but there's a lot of moving parts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is why the spreads at 19 and a half now. That that moved at a point. You just reading that out loud. It's 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 not yeah. great. It's not a great look for a coach to add that last yeah. part going into the biggest game of the season for a team.
0: Yeah. And and for anyone who um who doesn't under? I'm, I'm sure you all understand why it's an issue. But for anyone who doesn't understand why it's an issue, especially if you're in a relationship, think about this: What would happen if your significant other was like, "Do you love me? Are you loyal?" And you said. Yeah, I'm. I love you. Uh, you're my significant other. I'm fiercely loyal to you. There's but some moving parts. It's like I would, I would, I would never cheat on you. But there are some other people out there. There's, there's some other moving parts that I don't know where this relationship's going. Like I know where I know we're supposed to be getting married. I know we've been together for X number. So it's just like just think about it that way if you're not exactly sure what the uproar is imagine your significant other coming to you and be like hey I'm deeply loyal I'm I'm deeply loyal to you but um, there's some other moving parts out here there's there's some things Uh, (laughs) and so the worst part about it is the fans are pissed
1: James Franklin is halfway out the door and Penn State's in the position where they're like, you know, if he stays, he stays. It's easier for us to not go out and hire a search firm and try to find the next James Franklin. We're happy with 9-3. and three. That is what administration's telling you right now. They're literally letting Jimmy Sexton bully them.
0: And it's amazing. Yeah. I, I think, um, first of all, did you know Xavier and Juan was coming I, this weekend? I hate Def- to
1: Honestly, I did not know that.
0: He tweeted an hour. Okay,
1: I, I know I saw some rumblings. Uh, him and the other guy from his school that Ohio State's recruiting, we're going to be back out into Columbus. But I guess it's official that it's going to be for Ohio State versus Penn State. So this is a this is a huge opportunity for Ohio State to score some points. And uh, this is going to be the first marquee matchup. We're going to get to see Ohio State's new and improved secondary against. Uh, in the national spotlight You know I think Indiana If they had Michael Payne X. Jr. would have been a bigger challenge For the secondary Like you know before he was bad Because uh, you always got to assume that a player Can play at his best when they play Ohio State Because that's what they do uh, Sean Clifford 100% or not I don't care he's not doing it He's not challenging the secondary
0: No uh, Not at all um, So I think this this is I great think- for Xavier Wonk but to see that though No, for sure. I think it's interesting back to the, the, the Jim Franklin thing. I think it's interesting because I think he just, I think he just told the truth. Like, I think he is fiercely loyal to them, but those other moving parts are his coaching budget. The fact that they won't, they don't want to spend any money to update the stadium. They don't want to spend money on new uh, on new. They don't want to spend money on what everyone else is spending money on. Also, I don't think we give James Franklin enough credit for this. Um, Have you been to state college? I have
1: not. I know that there's not an airport that you don't have to drive an hour and a half from to get there.
0: Not only that, like, and, you know, as a, not everything is racial, but like, it is. Uh, State College is very, very white. It is very, very white. And it is like I've been there and it is just being honest, it is almost uncomfortable. Uh, and so it's very hard to recruit there from the weather, the mountains, how you get there, the population on campus. Like and like the, the people there love it. But it's dark. First of all, like a lot of Pennsylvania is dark. It's, dark it's all is just, like the gray crowds. The the gray clouds just stopped in Pennsylvania and that didn't come to Ohio. It's really weird, but like their whole campus is covered by trees. Like they like you know every campus has like their main walkway, like their kind of main pipeline or whatever. Whether it's their whether it's where most of their buildings are, most of the dorms are, or it's like a pipe, like a walkway to downtown, like every campus has a, has like a strip or whatever. Their main strip, their main street is covered by trees on both sides that literally are so tall, it creates a canopy where it's just dark. Like no sun gets through. It could be noon and the middle of June, a hundred degrees out where the sun is at the peak and it's just dark. And it's like, that's even worse in the winter. Like it is just not a great, like if you like it, you like it. Some people really like nature, mountains, whatever. It's for people, but I don't think, we give enough credit for how hard it is to recruit there so like I think he was just being honest I do think he likes Penn State I think he loves his players his staff but those deep, those other moving parts are everything else but you don't you just don't say it you just don't say it it's an idiot and (laughs) yeah I think
1: Penn State fans are very much uh, you know we all know Joe Paterno's tenure did not end in it ended in terrible terms but what Joe Paterno was able to accomplish over his 40 years in coaching was in insane because he was running into those same problems. And I, I think people don't realize if Penn state didn't have that longevity of success, the brand it would be would not be near what it is now all because of honestly 48 years of being really good at football. And I didn't say great, but they've always been a really good football team. And James Franklin continued that. And, you know, we were joking before the show. I think James Franklin's literally Jim Harbaugh, but he had a tougher job when he got there. He had lower expectations when he got there. So his 7-14 and 14 against rivals is a lot different than Jim Harbaugh's 7-14 and 14 against rivals. But they're the same coach. They are really good when no one expects them to be, and they're really bad when they play someone that's better than them and they're supposed to be contemporaries with, Uh, but that's kind of leading us into some of the final conversations about Penn state. You know, James Franklin's not fully there. You can tell it's all over the wall. It's written all over state college. It's in every single tree, probably written on it, carved into it. James Franklin's gone. Uh, But I guess this takes us in, you know, Sean Clifford said he's going to be hundred percent by Saturday. Uh, Both of me and you are not buying it. Does Penn State have any game breakers outside of Jahan Dotson? I just don't see any. Defensively, they've got pretty good linebackers. Uh, They've got a very savvy, experienced secondary, and their defensive line's okay, but their defensive line's been riddled with injuries. So I just don't know where they match up and where they could win matchups regularly against Ohio State.
0: Yeah, no. Jaquan Brisker is great. He's really good. good. Um, I like there's still some credit to – I know we haven't talked a lot of X's and O's, and maybe we probably should have, but there's a lot of things to talk about. It is whatever. Um, There's a lot of, uh, you know, good players on their team. Their defense is is pretty solid, and it's not like – even if Ohio State does blow them out, it's not going to be easy – In a sense, like they may put up the points, but like they're going to have to try a little bit harder. Um, And maybe it doesn't look that way, but just know they're going to have to try a little harder. They're going to have to put it into a little bit of extra gear. So it's a it's a solid team who's having a down year whose coach isn't checked whose coach is a little checked out has dealt with some injuries whatever but their biggest issue is really the coach has been checked out for two years and I know it's not as bad but it's like what happened with Michigan State like, he hasn't developed a quarterback because he's been checked out. There like mm-hmm. you start losing some of those really good players. He hasn't developed an offensive line because he's been checked out. Like the defensive line is the defensive line is solid, but the defensive line is solid largely because of transfers, because he's been checked out. Like his last really like all of his good playmakers when he wasn't checked out have left. Saquon Barkley, Micah Parsons, um Chris, Miles Sanders, me. who didn't have a it has got like those players that yeah, they're Alan, there. there's no
1: Alan Robinson walking through the door
0: tomorrow. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe we should get into the X's nose a little bit, but it's just like, it's, they're a good team. Yeah. They can still, except for the quarterback. And, uh, and I'm looking at to the depth
1: chart They're They're very good at safety. I think their two safeties are going to provide a lot of challenges. But when I was, I've worked on my film preview throughout the week, just kind of watching some of their games. They do a lot of man coverage, so oh, they're going to be really challenged with Ohio State, and they blitz a lot. So if the offensive line shows up and can protect, and they can't get pressure, this can be a very long day for them.
0: Yeah and I honestly think it's going to I think it's going to be uh, but here's the other thing it's just like Ohio State has a million ways to win this game they do because um they just gave up 357 yards in the ground to Illinois so if for some reason CJ Stroud can't throw Tribune the ball Henderson's going to be like Ohio State like like and if for some reason they figured out how to stop the run after just giving up 357 yards like you said man coverage blitzing they're going to beat them through the pass um there's it's I, just like, there's no this, way Ohio State This is like lose the it.
1: first game I think where we think can Penn State's offense reasonably score more than 28 points this week yeah no and can their defense hold this elite offense to less than twenty-eight points this week? No. They could hold them to yeah, thirty. I think the the, the lowest hold, point total I think Ohio State has this week is thirty one. And I don't yeah, see Sean Clifford but, and that offense being able to put up thirty one.
0: It would have to be it would have to be um Jahan Dotson on a punt, a kickoff return, it'd have to be Jaquan Brisker or just anyone on that defense, Fumber recovered for a touchdown, safety, inner side, like, and there's pick six, something like that. Like, that offense is not lining up in front of this defense and moving up and down the field to the tune of four or five touchdowns. It's, it's just not, not
1: happening. And it's not like, we've seen Sean Clifford. We know Sean Clifford. He's not good enough to do it.
0: We've seen healthy Sean Clifford because as much as they he's lie not healthy, you, he, is he is not, not. going to be healthy.
1: There is no way. We talked about this so much. There's no way he could go from looking like he did throughout that nine overtime game against Illinois. There's no way. He did not look healthy for a second of that game.
0: Because, because, OK, OK, I get it wasn't the best pass, but if he was healthy, he's catching the Philly special yeah, and scoring. And. He was nowhere close to it. Like he didn't look like he was an athlete and that's not, that's no shade to him. He's a pretty good athlete. Yeah. Like that is no shade to him. He should not have been playing and I get it. You know, it's football, it's college football. Like we tell people to be tough and to play and stuff like that. And if you can physically play, whatever, whatever, like I get all of it, but he, he shouldn't have been playing. That was very clear. Again, the only reason he had to play is because James Franklin's been checked out and couldn't develop a backup. That, that, sh- that could have been their Akron. Illinois is not that They're good. They're bad. Their They're a bad team should be good enough that they could have sat him and said, we're sitting for well, Ohio yeah. state. You need to get healthy for this stretch front of Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state. Our backup can handle this because this, this
1: thing, this is where I'm going. And you keep saying James Franklin checked out. And I agree. Cause they lost will Levy's will Levis to the portal. Kentucky has been awesome this year outside of the Georgia game. That was their experience backup. And they didn't go and replace them with someone. Even if it's a Gunner Hoke, even if it's a Chris Chuganoff, you just need someone
0: who's been there before. Well, first of all, that was their Dwayne Haskins. Uh their quarter. Uh, just to be controversial, that was their quarterback who wasn't should've the starter started. but should have been the starter. The only the only difference is Dwayne Haskins. Actually, that was their Joe Burrow. That's the much more yeah, well, He's not good enough to be fit. Joe Burrow. Because Joe Burrow yeah, Joe Burrow actually lost the job. Fair and Square. Yeah, it's just it's Dwayne Haskins who didn't get yeah. the job eventually. Like shot, Clifford been the starter, was the safer the old, choice,
1: the, but Will Levis had and, the ceiling and, that could have could have taken yeah. over some homes because he he's got a cannon for an arm. Like with the first I few mean, times I saw Will Levis play, I thought he was Archer Sitowski. But now I'm seeing him with some real coaching and a team that believes in him. This dude can play football.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at him with Kentucky. They're, they're, they they're have one loss, and it came to Georgia. Like, there's no shame in that. He looks really good. And and I've watched – I had someone I, – I don't know. I had someone argue with me up and down for like – two days that they made the right choice, Sean Clifford over Will Levis. And I'm just like, man, I'm so glad that you trust your coaching staff for some reason. The same coaching staff that's had like three offensive coordinators in three years while watching Will Levis be better at Kentucky. Like, I'm glad you – like I'm really glad you believe in that. But um, I don't. And I don't know why you do, honestly. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because we got Mike Yursich, and he was always like – super pissed that he wasn't allowed to call plays and he didn't really have much of a say in the offense when he was a quarterback's coach. So he went to Texas. Guess what? He didn't do there. He didn't call plays. And now he's finally got to call plays and his offense ranks worse than the last three offenses. He was a part of. Ooh. So um. that's hilarious to, me. uh, Mike, Yursich and Alex French one and the same, just on different sides of the football. Uh but, yeah, I guess, like, at the end of the day, you know, we'll get into some Ohio State stuff to close it out. There's more keys, and I don't know if we're going to do this in a one, two, three type of keys way, but, like, just some things that Ohio State needs to do to win. I think, literally, we've laid out keys every single week that are pretty straightforward, and Ohio State done them every single week. So I don't even know if we need keys anymore or if we should just repeat ourselves from the last, like, four weeks. Uh. Obviously, they need to come out with energy. Obviously, they need to establish the run game, and then on defense, uh, you know, uh, this is why this isn't even a key. This is just what I want. I just don't want the defense to give up a first series touchdown. If they could do that for the first time in, I don't even know how long, first series zero points. How how hard do you
0: think that's going to be? <laughs> I mean, it seems like a lot from this yeah, defense. It's, it's so weird, Honestly, you know. If that, like everyone, you know, like like baseball, like players are like super, su- like really, really like superstitious and like they have like the their routine. If that's Ohio State's routine, yeah, do if, it. That's like, what, if, like, if that's like that's what it, what it takes like, to get them like, locked in. Let's roll. Like, like, like the like those like those boxers and fighters who have to get punched yeah. in the mouth first, or so like they have to see a little bit of blood, and then as soon as they see blood, they're like, "All right, it's time yeah. to go." Like if that's what you I'm have alive to do, now. do it. But like it would be it, it would be cool if you were dominant yeah. from the beginning. Defense <laughs> is a dude
1: in the bar who wants to get punched in the face just so he could beat the crap out of someone. <laughs>
0: He's like punch me,
1: <laughs> just be the base man. Um, but yeah, I guess. All right, you could lead us off. What is your main key for Ohio State offensively this week going into this game?
0: Offensively, I don't have any keys Offensively, yeah. just do what you've been doing. <laughs> like, like, I could say the same thing and like kind of what you were like alluding to, but like the offense is doing everything. Like my only key that I have, literally, only matters. If it's a close game, I want to see more touches of Travion. But it's like that's not really a key because if he can get out in the second half and not get injured, take him out. So it's like I could come up with the key. Sure, I could say anything I want. And, and if I wanted to come up with the key, I would say um... – I would say my key is establish the run because they do have a good safety. And I do think if you come out early trying to throw and they get an interception or something like that and they get rattled, yeah, I, I think it can kind of flip momentum. So I would come out like, who was it, Rutgers? It was Rutgers. We had that weird, like, 13-play drive that took, like, seven minutes. Like, if we had something like that to, like, like punch the defense, like, just get them body shots, like, hey, you think you're good? So, sure, that's my key. But it, it's really just just don't revert. Like, not that we have to score 50 points, so that would, that would be cool, but, like, don't revert with your creativeness. Don't revert with your play calling. Don't revert with your aggressiveness and just keep the blend that you're doing. And yeah,
1: I'm with you. If I have taken score 50 points in this game, I'm ready to say they're going to win the national championship. championship. Like honest to God, you'll hear me say that on the instant recap. Uh, but my key is to, uh, how do you say this? Uh, just play against the blitz. Well, you know, protect well against the blitz in pass protection. Give C.J. Stroud clean pockets when they bring six. So if Travion Henderson stays in and blocks and they take the six, just give them clean pockets because it's going to be a long day for the corners if they could keep C.J. Stroud clean. And then for C.J. Stroud, if a blitz does come, be ready to hit the hot route. Just get it outside. Get it to Travion.
0: We've seen some beautiful things happen. Uh Get it to Jeremy Rucker. That's my key. That's my key. Four catches to Jeremy Rucker. Four catches, Rucker. two touchdowns. Four catches and a touchdown. Oh, you went too. You went aggressive. I was just going to say yeah, eight touchdowns. Yeah, honestly, it's like. the
1: same thing. We just need five different players scoring five touchdowns. It's been my favorite hey. way to win. Um,
0: I'm not I'm not mad at that.
1: So defensively, uh, keys to the game for you.
0: So I actually do have defensive keys. Um I'm not. I'm not there yet with the defense. I'm not ready to buy in. Give me one more game of like. Well, first of all, this is not a key. I let me ask you this question first. What's up with the D line rotation? Like, not that it's a bad thing, but like, Jaron Cage was getting in there. Some Tyreek Williams was in there. It's, it's just like, what like, like, is it? Sixteenth like tackle right John now Kade? of like guys who are I'm, I'm, I'm like kidding. would. I'm seeing some names, and I'm like, at this point, you typically lower yeah. the rotation, not put more. Now people you're getting, out you're there. seeing Haskell, um, you're seeing Williams, you're
1: seeing Antoine Jackson, you're seeing Jaden McKenzie, Jerron Cage, like and you're making, like, Mike Hall. making put, plays. It was a blowout. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. good. And I'm sad so, about it. If, if, we if we could play do. five guys and they produce, that's big Come time. Come on, though.
0: I mean, I, I would like to see a little bit more Tyreek Williams. Well, that, I think, that's like, just fan service at that point. Yeah, but as far as, yeah, whatever. Um, so, my key is I just need to see it again. I want more pressure with four. More pressure with four. Um, I want to see that it wasn't a fluke. Uh, I want to see, I don't care who it is. Everyone seems to have a game. I don't care if it's Zach Harrison again. I don't care if it's Haskell Garrett, Tyleek Williams, who, I don't care. I mean, maybe it's Jack Sawyer this week. I just want to see some consistent pressure and, and uh, Sean Clifford being uncomfortable in Yeah, dude, in the Zach
1: Harrison was at three and a half sacks. One didn't count, and then one got turned into a TFL. That's freaking crazy. Um, I, I wanna see, I wanna see this is my key to the game. I, I think shutting down Jahan Dotson, I think if you can shut him down with either bracketing him, you know, doubling him, finding ways to just kind of limit him. I don't think any of the other receivers are good enough to provide a challenge. So if Ohio State can shut down Jahan Dotson. Penn State's going to have a really long day because it doesn't matter if it's Noah Cain, Devin Ford, whoever's in at running back, they have not been able to get anything going in the run game. Sean Clifford's been one of their best running threats this year, and I don't even know if he knows where he's at half the time at this point with how much he's getting beat up. So if they can limit Jahan Dotson, I think Ohio State wins this game by, I don't even want to know, I'm not going to put my score prediction out there until the very end of the show, but a lot. Uh, So I, I think covering Jahan Dotson is my number one key. And then if I had a secondary key, I just want to build off yours. Get pressure with four. It's beautiful. They got pressure with three last week. Yeah, that was crazy. That blew my mind. I was watching it. I'm like, oh, who's that guy there? He's a little thin to be in the middle. And I'm like, oh, that's great Why? Oh, we're spying? I saw a spy and I saw a pass rush get home with three. Life's crazy. Mm-mm. Life's crazy. Mm-mm. If Ohio State can give yeah. a pass rush with three, like I think we have the best defense in the country.
0: Ah. You know me. I just far. need them I'm to be gonna, the best defense in the country
1: until they're a top twenty-five <laughs> defense,
0: and I'm right. I'm not gonna do it. Um, so this I'm gonna read this because this is gonna go into my next key. Denzel Burke said about Jahan Dotson. He's a pretty good receiver. Nothing I can't pretty handle. Pretty good. Nothing I can't handle. That's
1: our true freshman. Beautiful.
0: That's the best thing I've heard all week. Because here's the thing. Like it's football it's competitive where's the trash I, talk like I'm so this is a this is a rant for like the offseason but I'm so tired of he's a great player we have to be mindful he can torture us uh, they're so good no call him out don't like, I mean like you don't have to be like mean about it don't don't take personal shots but like where's put some bravado in it like he's a great player but I'm better like I think I it can handle work. it like as I, a big like,
1: game this week this is going to be the most legendary press conference
0: we've ever seen I'm saying like just go to the press conference and say do you know who I guard in practice stop asking about Big (laughs) Ten wide receivers next (laughs) question like come on on. on, I take reps with the one it's Chris
1: Olave. I take reps with the two it's freaking Marvin Harrison
0: Jr. you know who his dad is like, come on now! Like Are you serious? Did you see what he did with his one catch? Like, no. So, like, I, I love it. I love the competitiveness. I love the fire. Um. So, my second key is I just want to see a good game from the corners. Uh, I, I view. I don't know who the two is. I view football. Who's the football. second uh, corner? It's Cam Brown when he's yeah. healthy. He, did he didn't play. play. A bit. He had. I think he had. He had, what, like one yeah. bad play? I mean, that's maybe? I
1: mean, but that's the thing is they've both been so banged up, you really don't even know how full speed they are right now.
0: Yeah, but it's Cam Brown. Cam Brown was better last year. Cam Brown was our best corner last year. He was better than was um, Sean Wade. And then, yeah, I, I,
1: I think you know, the safeties have been the most improved, like the actual behind the line
0: safeties I mean Bryson Shaw is not making me mad yeah, at this game <laughs> so. tummy, but, but I also think that's more uh, I think that's more on the D line it, than on the safeties because I think they're getting some Then making it a little bit easier and then my
1: final my final final key to the game for the defense more steel chambers
0: oh more yes. steel chambers because uh, um why am I losing his name right now um Cody Simon did no, not play bad. good last it week. It was his worst game. <laughs> did not play good last week. I get, I get that. Like, like and I don't know. Indiana I wasn't doing anything crazy because, like, either. He just played bad. Yeah. I, let me ask you a question really quickly as we start to wrap up. Because you played football, we understand for the most part how coaches think, but we also understand how players think. Do you find value? And he's learning the position. Let's not put him out there for too many plays. Or do you find more value in when he's out there, he's making plays? So just like not entirely like throw him to the wolves, but kind of throw him to the wolves. It feels like the. I want to preface it. It feels like they're kind of babying Steel Chambers because he's new to the new to the position. But every time he's out there, he's making plays. So like, where do you fall on? So Steel Chambers,
1: I've seen enough. That guy needs to play as many snaps as he can physically get out there because he's only going to get better. With a young guy whose confidence can kind of, like, falter, you know, because Cody Simon's been a linebacker his whole life, but playing at this level is new because, like, the bigger players, the more physicality. You know, there were times in high school where Cody Simon was probably the biggest player on the field. So, like, with Cody Simon kind of being younger, I think sometimes, you know, having a more experienced, more, like, tough Borland-esque type player in there next to him would be better. I I just don't know – uh, because he's younger. He's going to learn that no matter what. He's going to learn regardless. And he's got time. But, yeah, with Steel Chambers, I, I don't think there's any value in keeping him off the field. I, I think there's zero value. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one play that he had, and I, I really wish, like, we could, like, pull it up. But I'm sure you've seen the clip. He reads that it's an outside run, but it's supposed to go off tackle. So he comes, He he. there's an open guard who's supposed to block him. He block, destructs the guard with his eyes on the running back. The running back sees that that hole is not open and tries to bounce it outside, and he beats him yeah, outside. Like, like it's, it's, it's not even like, like there's some Joe plays where it's just like a, it's like a great play. Right. And it's just like, that's a big play because it's like there's some plays where, you know, it's going outside. They immediately go outside. You just run. You sprint as fast as you can tackle them in the backfield. No, he ran to the right gap. He closed the hole because that's where the running back wanted to go and still beat the running back outside and made the play. And, and, And he was so fast, he almost over pursued and had to make the tackle with one hand because he got out there so fast, beating the running back to the spot. I've seen enough. Every game he does something that no other linebacker can do currently, not in the nation, but like on our on our current roster, no one else can do. Put him up. Yeah,
1: I, I think he the defense is different when he's out there, which is kind of like where I'd stand. Like the defense is different with Ronnie Hickman out there. Like there's a major drop off when he's not in the game. Uh you know who's been really good too that I want to see more of outside of Steel Chambers? I don't know how we get him on the field. Court Williams. In his mop-up duty, he has been yeah. an absolute monster. But that's a good problem to have right now. Because remember at the beginning of the season when we were, were all good. complaining like God, all our defenders suck. Well now yep. all our defenders are pretty good. Now it's just about cleaning up the I mistakes. Won't say
0: all. No, I'm, let's, I'm getting let's there. I'm agility. saying.
1: Nine out of the eleven guys on the field. You know we've got seventeen and thirty-six on there sometimes, and outside of that, oh, and sometimes Cody Simon. But outside of those three guys, I'd say we're pretty consistent now.
0: I do want to give some credit because I feel like when you talk negatively about a player, you also they should give credit. are not making us mad much. We gave him credit. <laughs> it's seventeen. That's Ransom. Shaw. Or is that uh, Shaw. Ransom's been pretty tough Which, too. He's twelve. Yeah. So so. 12. So Lathan Ransom and Tommy E have both made some like plays that like, I had to question if it was them, like Lathan Ransom like got under a block and made a tackle in the backfield. He was talking his trash and I loved every second of it. Like, it's like, okay. And here's the thing, like they're young. So this is game, this is game seven. So by game seven, they should be better. Like everyone's getting better, but it's like, okay, you starting to see the development. And so I just feel like, especially for me who was really hard on them, um, I gotta give him some credit I'm not fully ready to give Bryson Shaw credit Because I think But what I will say Is Bryson Shaw was always going to look better In the two high show And he was always going to look better When the D-line was better And setting the edge and stuff like that So he wasn't having to make a whole bunch of one-on-one tackles So while I still think his ceiling's a little limited He's playing to his potential Because they're not playing him out of position It's okay to
1: have a tough Portland type player When he's in the right scheme where his ceiling is low, but he can do his job really well. And that's what they're doing.
0: Yep. So, I mean, like, if we get Xavier Nwongba or Zion Branch or something, one of them may take his position as a freshman. That's fine. But he's going to be a good role player. uh, And I think he has a lot of room to grow. They're all young. Like, that's the biggest thing. A lot of them are young. It's going to be good.
1: Um, I mean, by the end of the year, it's going to be a lot different. And the best part is we're not playing an offense that's really going to challenge them in a passing game. So they really just get a settle, and the run game will get tested, but the passing game we're pretty much in the clear until we possibly make it to the season.
0: Nah, they'll test us more in the passing game than the run game. Oh, you mean like I thought you were just talking yeah. about Penn State? Penn State yeah. can't run the ball. I'm talking their in life. general.
1: I, I, Penn State can't test. It. I don't think they're oh, going to test the defense all that much. If I'm being honest, and that takes no. us into our final no. score prediction. Because I, I, I'm ready to say it, dude. I'm ready to go. If you, if you want to wait. I got fifty. I got no, 56 to like 6. I, I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, and you yeah. know what? I'm going to give him a touchdown because oh. John Dotson. 56 to 13. And I Man. will say this. I'm going to put this out there for you. The biggest blowout Ohio State's had over him was 63 to 14.
0: <sighs> hmm. I just don't feel like Penn State's there. Anyway. Yeah, I I have that too because we like we're gonna get a punt return or or a defensive touchdown, and that's what's gonna put yeah. us there. Yep, I yeah I honestly I think your score is perfect fifty six to thirteen. I I can't really do any better than that. Yeah, so I think that's the I think the spreads that's the one. twenty. The spread's been twenty every week since
1: Ohio State's had that Tulsa game and they've covered it every single week. I don't think their defense is good enough to slow us down enough to keep their offense in it. And once Ohio State's got three or four touchdowns on him, it's over. But I do think John Dotson's going to make something happen.
0: Are we sure? I, I'm, I'm sure he's he good, man. Because he didn't nothing happen again. He didn't make – he, he ain't make nothing happen against Yeah, that's more on Sean Clifford. Yeah, no. Sean Clifford's bad. <laughs> it's just like, it's I just, that's how out I'm on.
1: Like, <laughs> I'm, I, this whole week, like everyone's like, oh, we don't seem to be taking – I'm not taking Penn State seriously. Uh, the teams for sure. We read it in the pressers. So, yeah, we're both on 56-13. to 13. I think we're going to kick the shit out. And I hope they put this up. Bulletin board material, James. He doesn't even have a bulletin board right now. That's how out in Los Angeles he is. <laughs> he's starting to pack yeah, up his house. They already got the moving trucks. They they've got the pod storage. They've got the they've got the moving truck there. They got the movers getting ready to take some stuff now. So uh, they don't. Yeah, oh, so they for
0: sure. to, He's talking to he's talking to a real estate agent. To yeah. His wife, but he's nope. not doing it. His, his wife just wanted to see the looking house for a vacation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's where so. we're at. Uh, me and Jordan are very much. We're back to our cockiness as Ohio State fans. Like, it's time. Like, Bucks by 50. I say it every week. This week, I believe it. Penn State, like you said, Ryan Day's got a chip on his shoulder at any slight. Ooh, Penn State always plays this close. No, they don't. Not anymore. That's done. Yeah. You know how, like, final thought before our social media. You know how everyone's like, they're not our rival? Ryan Day's going to make sure that's known.
0: Well, first of all, I guess they, are, they, are. They, are. Like, they Like, they're not they're technically historic, a rival, they're not our yeah. historical rival, but they're a big, they're a bigger rival than they're Michigan. A comp- they're a bigger competitive rival right now. They're Michigan State. Like, like Michigan's main rival is us, but Michigan is still their, Michigan State is yeah. still their rival. It's a little little brother esque yeah, type thing, but like you can have more than one rival. And so they they are our rival. They just, people just don't call yeah. it that. And, and Ohio I'd State fans are yeah, so more, solely Death Star focused on Michigan and Illinois, to me, I'd say at this point. Is Illinois?
1: Oh, we they have a trophy have, have rivalry, rivalry with trophy. Him and I'd
0: still say, say Penn State's more um, of our rival than they are. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just something cool they wanted yeah, to so, do. Yeah,
1: so yeah, they're Ryan Day, but Ryan Day's going to make a good
0: point. He's like, no, they're not. That's oh. what he's going to say
1: uh, with the score, yeah. not with his actual words. He respects them. He's just going to say it with the score.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, we're going we're gonna to give James Franklin the last little, the last little yeah. boot. We're going to give him boom, the last uh, bit of convincing right. he needs.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, we always thank you guys for sitting through with us on this Friday show. We know you guys like to listen to the instant recap as well. We're getting a lot of double listening on that. So we appreciate you guys coming before the game and after the game. Uh, but before we go – I just wanted to say thank you guys for coming this whole season. We've got a few weeks left of football and we're down the home stretch now. So make sure you're following Jordan. Where can we find you in the content feed on social media? Let them know.
0: So, yeah, you can you can find me on this podcast, the instant recap and the I 70 football show. You can find me writing an article every Sunday with the occasional article, which I haven't been doing as much because I'm writing papers for school. Uh, lastly, you can follow me on Twitter at Jordan W three, three, zero. And if you follow me on Twitter, you will get great content. Like the last thing I'm about to say, because I need this on record. Cause I don't remember if I said it on the podcast or not, but I know I tweeted it. I said, if Ohio state, like three weeks ago, by the way, if Ohio state plays Georgia in the national championship, they'll win. So I want to put that on the podcast because Offense beats defense, which is the bane of my existence because I'm a defensive guy. So I tweeted it. If you follow me on Twitter, you will see my great content. You'll see me making fun of RJ Young and all the other people who don't know anything about sports. But you'll occasionally get a nugget that if it happens, I will tweet about for the next six months. And that is it on the podcast and on Twitter. If Ohio State plays Georgia in the national championship, they are going to beat them. Because their offense yeah, is better. Yeah, it's focalized.
1: You guys heard me say it. If Ohio State wins by 15, it doesn't matter if they play Georgia or not. They're winning the national championship. So, uh, you guys can find me at Chris Rennie CFB on Twitter and in the content feed with the Buck Off podcast that you're listening to now, the instant recap show with Jordan as well. And then you can find me writing two articles a week as well as some bonus content whenever uh, we need it. So, uh, you guys can find those, the film review, the film previews. They're released Monday and Thursdays. So check those out and let me know how I did. Uh, just kidding. I know how I did. It's because it's watching film. So it's already happened. But we will see you guys Saturday night, midnight. Make sure you're wearing red. Final message. And that is it for today. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.